Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this, my dad always told me this, when people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. All right, welcome to the pod. (laughs) 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 We're just flat stealing money today, I'm sorry. We were going to have to try to make a podcast out of the the, the elimination of divisions in the Pac-12. <laughs> like, anybody even gives a... <laughs> Nick Saban thinks he's God. I think he's God. He is the God that we here at the <laughs> Church of College Football worship at because he just gave us Christmas in May. Uh, he did. He did. He delivered. And then Jimbo delivered the megaton response. Are you kidding me? Holy crap. The briefest of recaps. Okay, Nick Saban (laughs) starts things off Wednesday night at some event in Birmingham. He's up on a stage. They're promoting some world games or something. Right. And he just goes ham like (laughs) what you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image and likeness. All right. We didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing Straight it. up accuses A&M of cheating because what he's saying in a deal for name, image, and likeness is against the NCAA rules. Whether they're ever enforced, I don't know. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher goes further and suggests that would be a violation of state law, so he's basically calling a bunch of kids and their parents criminals. <laughs> that might be a little sensitive. However, he also goes off on Jackson State the Miami basketball program, whatever. We will get to those later, particularly Jackson State. But we got to start with AM. Oh, yes, we do. Jimbo decides he's going to uh, hold another press conference on this. He hasn't had to do one of these re- 
to claim that that A&M, heck no, A&M, would never, ever use money as an inducement to to bring in eight five-star players. Of course not. They just wanted to watch sunset over the Brazos River (laughs) and play at Texas. I don't even know how you could insinuate such a thing. Could you, Pat? It's absolutely absurd. I mean, I think... They got a kid in the class from Philadelphia, one from Scottsdale. <laughs> they got one from, I think, from Washington. The the natural beauty of the 90 miles of tumbleweeds between Houston and College Station are a great allure. The entire beigeness of College Station, beautiful, great allure. Uh, so, views. you know. Yeah, yeah. How it, well, whatever. A school with the biggest budget and one of the biggest alumni bases in the, in the nation suddenly starts signing a bunch of guys. Well, yeah, maybe there's a reason. Five years into Jimbo Fisher's reign at AM, all of a sudden the recruiting clicks. But hey, yeah. hey, who are we're not despicable? Oh well, no. Fisher had addressed this back in January after the immortal sliced bread of an Oklahoma <laughs> message board fame. By a guy named Sliced Bread. Suggested that AM spend $30 million on this recruiting class. Now there was no proof offered, no credibility. 30 makes no sense because of the money, the rate for these guys, especially six months ago it's going up but yeah someday they'll look back oh that was a bargain but right now uh it, it was no 30 million but it got aggregated and it went viral and and jimbo went crazy about it and to his credit things were taken off a message board by a guy named sliced bread sliced bread fisher said back in january whoever the heck that is i'll tell you who it is it might just be nikki sliced bread saving <laughs> that's who it might be <laughs> coach sliced bread Comes out Wednesday, he reveals himself in Alabama. So now, Jimbo, who worked for Nick Saban for four years at LSU, apparently potentially being witness to all sorts of nefarious conduct, that Jimbo Fisher would never duplicate, of course. Never. uh, Holds the most, uh, this is the craziest coach press conference well, since the last Jimbo Fisher, what a crazy coach press conference. Yeah. This, I, this is the craziest coach press conference way. since John Chaney tried to <laughs> threaten to kill John Calipari 25 years ago or whatever that was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've only been covering college football for 32 years. You've been doing it for probably nearly that long. I've never heard anything like what Jimbo just did. I mean, never. He not just you know, violated the mutually assured destruction credo of college football, which is you don't talk about somebody else's dirt because you know you've got your own, and well, then it may Sa- come back. Saban on broke Sa- that No, Saban, Saban was the, fr- the I, initiator. I don't recall anyone doing what Saban did. Saban was the initiator. There's no He fired the first nuclear warhead, and now Jimbo fires like 19 of them in response, <laughs> and we got a nuclear war, baby. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. They both went there, and Jimbo Fisher didn't just go there. He went there on, A, his former boss, as you pointed out, and B, the greatest coach in the history of college football. He didn't go after Hugh Freeze or somebody or Lane Kiffin. He went after Nick Saban because Saban went after him. And we have two national championship coaches out there, like, ready to meet for a bare-knuckles brawl. I figured out about the midpoint between College Station and Tuscaloosa's Monroe, Louisiana. Build the octagon, bring them together. And who and then someone can buy the recruit from there. Whoever wins <laughs> yeah, gets the gets the name and image. Monroe's and always got rights. players. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So Saban 
if you're a reporter in college football, you can call any college football basketball coach right now. And one of them within five minutes of just chatting with them, will start talking about somebody else cheating. Oh yeah. Okay. They all talk about, well, you know, A&M's doing this or, or Alabama's doing this or school X cool. doesn't matter. They all think that someone's cheating and how often they are, but I've never seen one coach just directly on the record. Name them like Saban did. Yeah. Now, Saban learned a very important lesson that you learn when you do investigative reporting. You either bring the receipts, you either come strong, or you're going to get torched. Yeah. Even when you have guys on the record with canceled checks and bank records and photos and all that, the school will fight back. Oh, yeah. We did this with Miami. Oh, yeah. No. We had the guy saying, I did it, and here's how I did it. And here's all the records and then people, hell no. So you have to come strong on the record. Saban just threw it out there like sliced bread would. Yep. And now Jimbo comes back even harder. It's despicable. He calls him a narcissist. There's a quote. Some people think they are God. Go dig into how God did his deal. And you may find out a lot about a lot of things you don't want to know. Hey, Jimbo, uh, phone call, please. You want to? <laughs> yeah. Here's my number. <laughs> Been trying no. that for decades, buddy. But now you're. A... <laughs> but he has no specifics. No, that, I mean that's the thing. Is it, what this was in a lot of ways was a public airing of the private phone call you were talking about. I put that in my column. You, 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 we have heard for decades these exact conversations that are always light on specifics but heavy on accusations, and they don't tend to go anywhere. But that's their off-the-record conversations. And now, all of a sudden, Jimbo Fisher calls a press conference to lay all this out there and broadly insinuate that Nick Saban runs a scammy program and that he worked for him, so he should have some actual receipts. He worked for him. Let's hear the specifics, Jimbo. I mean, Four years at LSU. Yeah. Won a title together. Then he says... Saban goes to the Dolphins in 04. Jimbo stays in in uh, Baton Rouge. And then when Saban comes back to college football, Jimbo does not go to Alabama. And he insinuates in this press conference he had opportunities to go back to work for him. Instead, he goes to Florida State. His quote, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden, you learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. <laughs> There's a reason I don't go back and work with him. I don't want to be associated with him. He says... Uh, Saban tried to call him Thursday morning. Not going to. He didn't want to take the call. Not going to. We're done. He's shown you who he is. He's the greatest ever, huh? <laughs> Play the one about uh, the slap. Now, mind you, this is a 56-year-old talking about a 70-year-old. Listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can, you can call me anything you want to call me. You ain't calling me a cheat. I don't cheat and I don't lie. Because I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, your old man slapped you side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. <laughs> This wow. is a 56-year-old talking about a 70-year-old. This yeah. is some some small-town West Virginia <laughs> stuff going on now. <laughs> talking is, about Poppy slapping him around. <laughs> yeah, we're dispensing West Virginia justice right now between these two guys. Holy moly. This might be the greatest day in the history of college football. <laughs> I mean, it's unprecedented. I mean, I, I have never, ever heard of anything remotely similar to what Jimbo did. I mean, it's just amazing. 
So they're going to meet up at meetings. Yeah, SEC spring meetings, May 31st, that morning, college for or SEC football coaches meeting. I will be there. Redneck Riviera knows how to party. That, <laughs> I feel like we could we could get WWE SmackDown down there real quick. I'm telling Florida you. Bama. Put it at the floor of Bama. <laughs> Just put them out there on those nice sugary beaches right outside right. the Sandestin Hilton. I'm pretty sure Greg Sankey will uh, uh, bring them together the night before in the privacy of a hotel suite. Well, at least try. Yeah. But old Jimbo's he's, he's, he's fighting mad. Jimbo didn't just burn the bridges. He napalmed the bridges, man. So, I mean, well, I mean, Saban kind of napalmed them first. Well, he did. He did. He did. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I am not disputing that at all, but th- this was an escalation. <laughs> I, I did. I wrote about this. Like Sankey's got a, he's got an issue on his hands. He's got a war. And one of the, absolute tenets of Mike Slive's tenure as SEC commissioner was, hey, we're all together. We are unified. If you got a problem with somebody, you keep it in-house. You come to me. I'll go to them, and we'll get together. Unless you subpoena them at at SEC media days, but outside of that. Well, no, I mean, that was the problem. But that's the kind of stuff that Slive was trying to contain. All right? That was Slive's When Kramer was running that league, there was a point. They were all turning each other in. Everyone was cheating. And they were all turning each other in. At one point, 11 of the 12 schools were on probation uh, or in, in the process of the NCAA investigative committee. Yeah. 11 of the 12. Uh, then they almost got to a point. I remember Sly bragging about it where they got all 12 out. Like nobody. But then like Arkansas attracted something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> But it was like that. So, yeah, he want they want if you guys all we just stop ratting on each other. <laughs> so let, let's do this because this is a popular question now that like, all right, Nick Saban's got seven NCAA titles or college football titles, whatever is the most decorated coach of all time. His assistant just accused him of cheating for pretty much decades because yeah. he didn't <laughs> work for him in two decades. Yeah. Could the NCAA do anything? And I know the answer to this. I'm just letting you. Well, will the NCA actually investigate either side's claims? Well, let's start with Jimbo's against Nick Saban. The NCAA has to. They've got to try. I mean, I, I said in the column that by the by the time the column publishes, there should be a voice message for Jimbo from somebody in Indianapolis saying, um, can, we, can we set up a sit down? Because you are just throwing some stuff out there that uh, is pretty strong and vice versa. You got to call Tuscaloosa, too, and say, Nick. We'd like to come They're down and sit down. Up, though. They're going to clam up. Well, of course they will, because again, mutually assured destruction. Do you, you know, nobody wants to be the person that goes on the record and says, this is exactly what they paid for this player in this instance. I know I was there. I was an assistant coach or whatever the case may be. But sure, the NCAA has got to try. Uh, I, I have zero confidence that they will get significant enough cooperation to make it work and that it would lead to anything. But you have to. At least make the effort if you are the NCAA. Here's what I would say. Unless Jimbo wants to bring receipts, get specific, there's, I mean, there's nothing, there's going to be nothing on saving because you don't even know what to do. They could go after AM. I, I don't think they will. And I don't think even if they tried, they'll get far. But you can compel every member of that recruiting class to talk. Yep. And you can have access to their bank records. Yep. But more importantly, the the compelling to talk, because those if you do not talk to the NCA, you can lose your eligibility. Right. You've got 30 kids in that recruiting class. 
I would say all 30, but at least most are going to say, I'll talk. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not losing my college career to protect A&M when the NCAA says, if you talk, you can go transfer wherever you want. And so you sit there and say, hey, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened, my recruitment, and then I'll transfer to wherever the heck you want. I mean, these are great players. So I think there is a a possibility. There's a road to do that. Whether they find anything, I don't know. Okay, because there's no proof of this. Can we all suspect? Sure. But what is it? I mean, Saban's throwing stuff out there. I read something in the paper about what, you know, Coach, I mean, glad Saban's reading the paper. But these are not, it's not like, hey, man, I was recruiting this kid and and his dad said, A&M's going to give me $250,000 or Jackson State said he's going to give me this. You Okay, at least that that's still hearsay, but at least it's like, it's not like, yeah, man, they're just saying it in the, well, they're not really saying it in the paper. The whole thing is like, I, I just don't know. But I, there is a path to go after the Aggies. I just don't think they, they will, but at least there's a path. I don't know what the path is against Alabama, except I guess you could do the same thing. We're going to talk to every, and you better hope that all your recruits didn't talk to anybody or didn't get anything. But without any kind of allegation, it's just really, really hard. So I don't yeah. think anything's going to happen, but that, that would be my take on this. Well, yeah, two things there. First of all, you have Jimbo Fisher. To me, there is a path to Alabama because you have Jimbo Fisher alluding to violations or other misconduct or whatever ethical things may have happened. Well, okay, Jimbo, sit down and tell us and then tell us who else on the staff knew about it. And you can go there, go from there and you can talk to those people. They don't all have to cooperate. Jimbo does. Jimbo is compelled to sit down with them. And he's the one that opened that particular can of worms. So I, I think there is certainly a path to at least ask the questions of, uh, of Jimbo about what happened with Nick Saban. Now, it also would, if it happened at LSU, it's way after the statute of limitations of NCAA violations. Right. But still, if you want to throw some mud on the guy that just threw mud at you, you can. As for the A&M path, you're right. I, although I... I I'm not sure everybody's going to tell the truth quite as readily as as you uh, perhaps uh, inferred there. I, I mean, how many well, how many times does anybody tell the truth when they they sit down with the NCAA? Not that often. Jimbo Fisher tells the truth because he his dad would slap him in the head. <laughs> I love that one. It, it implies that all the criminals and and deceitful people in the world didn't get told by their daddy. <laughs> like every parent tells it. Don't lie, and everybody lies. Yeah, and that's they 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 did the threat of corporal punishment needs to be uh, reinstituted <laughs> reinstituted clearly. The fatherly advice from Papa Fisher to to Jimbo is often brought up in this. Yeah, press a lot conference. of that. Yeah, I don't mind confrontation. I kind of like it myself. Backing yeah. away from it isn't the way I was raised. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So like, don't back uh, away from confrontation. And don't lie and don't cheat. And that's basically. And if you the do, Fisher. then you need to be you, slapped upside the head. Do you think Jimbo Fisher will slap Nick Saban? <laughs> um, no, I think he would like to. I think that Greg Sankey would dive on that hand grenade, like physically intercede to keep that from happening. <laughs> but if he does do it, I hope he does it in public, not in the meeting room. Do it in the lobby of the Sandestin Hilton where we can all see it. Uh, maybe I mean if Sankey really wanted to to end this, you, you get one of the professional slapping booths where you have like the handle and just let them both go at it behind closed doors, and then you end it. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least Cheney did it in front of the cameras. He Gotta did. give him credit. Yep. No <laughs> holding them back, except, well, they did hold them back, but it took two yeah. players. Saban, who's got better uh, state troopers around him? Um, that's that's going to be the next analysis. Yeah. Because right? they're mean, all surrounded by the cops. Like They are. They, yeah, Saban will have, they have those monstrous uh, Alabama state police and that but then jimbo's got the entire core of cadets if he wants yeah, to he's mobilize got that army. them he's got that you know? fake army the fake army if they want to mobilize them and just march on tuscaloosa it's possible <laughs> october 8th baby can't wait for that one texas a&m How and alabama texas a&m and alabama there's a whole bunch of texas a&m players that are like oh boy <laughs> yeah what did you just get us into we already beat him last year like <laughs> they're already going to be fired up Oh my God! Yeah. This, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna. How be... much do you think Saban is still mad about that loss to Fisher? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, again, the the operative words from what Saban said, not even taking the loss into consideration, but that's the con. That's the pretext. Is A and M finished first in in recruiting? We were second. He doesn't like being second. That's the biggest thing here. This is less of a. Oh, I'm making this stand of principle here on the what the state of recruiting and the state of NIL. No, no, no. It's like, damn it, he's getting my guys. And I don't have the number one recruiting class, and I'm pissed. And he beat me last year. That one line says it all, really. Yeah. We were second. Well, Fisher, Fisher said it. He didn't get his way, and he pout, <laughs> throw a fit, and act up. <laughs> I just, I still cannot believe Saban did it. <laughs> I just <laughs> unbelievable. This is what I've asked these coaches to do. Yeah, right, right. They actually went there. I, I mean, like they complain. You got to understand if you ca- you talk to these guys, they're sitting around. They complain and complain and complain and complain, and they go, "You should do this. You should do this. How am I supposed to do that? You got no info. You got nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, why don't you stand up and say it? Like you're Nick right. Saban. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, Alabama's not going to fire him. Oh hell no! I mean, it's not like dude. If you you got you have all the power in the world. You got a great team. You got the number two class. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of Bama fans ready to write even bigger checks right now, but Are they didn't get the checkbook that A and M's got. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> no. Everyone's I mean, like Alabama will spend the most money. Saban said it. We don't. We aren't the. They're not the richest school. They aren't the richest state. They're one of the right. poorest states. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are very wealthy people in Alabama, but if you want to, you do not want to get into a money fight with Texas A and M. No, no, you do not. And now, holy cow! This is, I, they, they, I would imagine the fundraising has spiked at both schools, and everybody else in the SEC is like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do now?" I mean, you know, it's really good when Bruce Feldman reached out to Lane Kiffin. And he said, "Quote: I'm speechless for the first time in my life." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like Lane actually Lane before Saban and less pointedly, but but he said that Texas and Texas A and M were were basically you know utilizing the NIL money situation to to score big recruiting classes. But it's it's Lane Kiffin. He's a provocateur, and he's not Nick Saban. He hadn't won seven national championships. When Saban goes there and really goes there, that's what really escalated this into a holy crap! What is going on here? Well, and he used the term like, I mean, look, Jimbo did call Kiffin essentially a clown act, 
said it was irresponsible right. as hell back on his the, the, the immortal sliced bread press conference, which now seems, you know, incredibly tame. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole different ball game in, in going after him. All right. The other one who is, and we're waiting on this, this could, we, we may have an emergency pod later. <laughs> Saban says uh, Wednesday, uh, Jackson State paid a guy almost certainly talking about Travis Hunter Jr., the number one rated recruit in the country, decommitted from Florida State and went to Jackson State. Travis Hunter Jr. is uh, from uh, outside Atlanta. Uh, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year to come to school, Sutton said. It was in the paper and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. Now, again, it was they did not brag about it. There was a rumor there was a million dollars, and I don't know where that came from. People were saying the bar stool paid a million bucks or something to film a reality show. I mean, like these numbers, like how are you making your money back? Right. Who the hell is watching the Travis Hunter Jr. show? <laughs> like Barstool's a smart company. Yeah. Jackson that, State coach, go ahead. No, I mean, you're, you're certainly not making your money back on that. If, if you're investing, you're, you're hoping to establish a relationship with Hunter who goes on to become an NFL star. But right. in the coach short-term Prime, investment. Coach Prime was having none of it. He says he doesn't make a million dollars. Travis Hunter Jr. turned down the million dollars. My issue really is that Saban's hearing stuff and taking stuff, but like he has no idea. They didn't flip Travis Hunter Jr. from Alabama. He has no idea what he's talking about. Right. Okay. Was there some money? I, I don't know. Probably. I hope so. I hope Travis Hunter Jr. is making NIL money going to Jackson State, but I don't know. But he's just going with stuff. Well, Coach Prime, this is going to be a very awkward Aflac commercial shoot. <laughs> you think? Like, <laughs> I want to get into the commercial writing. If anyone's handling the account for, <laughs> a I can do a really good Aflac commercial with Saban and Dion. And, yeah. and, and on the side, if someone's doing the Dr. Pepper, if we don't get sliced bread in one of the ads next year for that Dr. Pepper thing, <laughs> come on, people. Uh, uh, do I have to do everything around here when it comes to college football? <laughs> Please call me. I will help you. I can write like three Dr. Pepper commercials right now. If you're um, filming this thing, let's get, come on. Coach, yeah. offer Sheriff Boswell can, I mean, we can do this. Bosworth. Yeah. Like as excited I'm, as we were to do this pod, that's how excited the Dr. Pepper creative team should be to Do like work the with Dr. This. Pepper creative team. It's a really good ad campaign, but I could really dial that thing up. Somebody should call me. It's like that AT&T commercial that bothers me with uh, Matthew Stafford. The last line should be super. It says that he changed his life, and he, he said he should say super because he won the Super Bowl. Instead, he says life-altering or something. It's like uh, you blew it. You blew the commercial. Yeah, we got anyway. copy, copy editing from Dan Wetzel. I, I will help you. <laughs> Dr. Pepper people. I mean, I got like a three-story. I got a three-commercial arc here. I can make this work. Anyway, Coach Prime, who is his buddy in the Affleck commercial, is not his buddy right now. You best believe I will address that lie Coach Saban told. All caps lie. Yeah. And he goes on and makes a fair point. We as people don't have to pay our people to play with our people, insinuating that, uh, you know, just because a hunter went to an HBCU doesn't mean it was just for money. Uh, and Coach Prime, may, we, again, we may have an emergency pod in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, because, yes, he has. He has touted a couple of times on his Twitter account that he will be responding. So, <laughs> well, if only he knew how to make a splash in the media. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, also, 
Nick Saban's scheduled to be on SiriusXM at 4.30 Eastern today as well. So You're kidding. Well, yeah, he's oh going to try gosh. to walk some stuff back, maybe. I don't know. I, I, There's I no would walking anticipate. anything back. Now, th this will be impossible to walk back, but I would imagine it's time for some damage control and de-escalation. That's my guess, but we'll see. Who knows? I mean, if he went there once, he might go there again. He might be really ticked off at what Jimbo said. Well, uh, I mean, you can't walk this back. No. You said no what walking. you said. You weren't tricked. You can't say it's out of context. It's like a no. six-minute rant. Five minutes into mentioned. a six-minute and 56-second uh, deal. So Nate Oates, who's sitting next to him, the <laughs> Alabama basketball coach, looked like he was ready to just, like, slink. He was like that Homer Simpson <laughs> meme where he goes back on the book. We don't pay players here at Alabama. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. At first, what? Nate looked like, he what do you mean, bit, Nick? What's like a, a little bit bored? Like I'm getting a little bit fidgety because this is taking a long time for Nick to answer this question this, or whatever. And then it was just like, like Ooh, yeah, I, I'd like to leave now. Wasn't this just supposed to be an easy in and out tonight? Come down <laughs> right. to Birmingham, say a couple words and get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I like that ride back to Tuscaloosa where he's like, "Wait, you couldn't you couldn't give me a heads up you're going to do this? I would have called out sick. Like, what are we doing here?" Yeah. Uh, Saban take like a helicopter from Jackson State, Jackson from Birmingham to back to Tuscaloosa. Probably too too impatient to drive. He probably uh, probably helicopter. Oh my, <laughs> Coach Prime, uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, that, I mean. I mean, and, and again, you're right that there is no proof. There's no substance behind it. Now, it stands to reason, you know, that in an era where all of a sudden players can be compensated, that the, if the number one player is going to go to Jackson State, it's not just because he loves the marching band. Uh, I mean, it may not be the only reason. It may not even be the biggest reason. But I have to think that, I mean, logic dictates that a last minute switch to Jackson State there was something else involved there. Uh, but again, but that, that could be the promise of if you go to an HBCU it could be. and you're right. It's, it doesn't mean there's a collective buying the players. Right. Jackson State's just not set up that way. But he, he's just taking rumors and saying he saw him in the paper. Right. Now, I mean, they recruited Travis Hunter. So, I mean, he may have some information about how the recruitment went down. But still, I mean, what he said was backed by nothing. And so you're going to get people firing back at you. And now Dion's next on the on the block here. But uh, this is here's the thing. Like, OK, the support is completely melting itself down because they don't know how to handle any of this stuff. I mean, the NIL came up. Everybody, you know, obstructed it forever. All of a sudden it happens and then it, it goes to its illogical but logical extreme. You say, oh, we're not going to use it as recruiting. Say, bull crap. That's exactly what's going to happen. That is what's happening. The numbers got crazy. And now everybody is freaking out and they don't like it. They don't like lacking control and being in this kind of wide open situation. And now this is the result. And I'm telling you, the, the, the college football has, has got to at least figure out a way to get everybody on the same page to be okay with what's going on. I mean, I hope they don't for the podcast's sake, but you are creating... It's kind of funny. They were they were both echoing the same message. Like, we need, we need some guardrails here. Both of them, honestly, behind closed doors might agree on that. But, yeah, gloves are off now. Good luck getting them to agree on anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that old book about office, like, who moved my cheese? things changed at work some people can deal with it some people can't Saban's I think point is I'm operating we don't we're not doing the collective 
at the level of some of these schools. We are saying we're still operating for the most part, if not all the way, as far as he's, he's going to know or acknowledge. Because I know no Alabama booster has ever slipped anybody any extra money. Never. But he he's basically saying, they're out there saying, look, come to Alabama. I'll get you to the league. You're going to be a star. Bryce Young made a million bucks. His team made $3 million in the cumulative, he said last year. You're going to have opportunities because we're the highest profile pro- program in the country. This is exactly what NIL is supposed to be. Bryce Young, make your million bucks. And by pointing that out, it's a huge recruiting in- inducement because you're like, well, if I can be the next Bryce Young, right? Right. If you're, if, right that's how it was kind of supposed to work. If you're Arch Manning, you're saying, hey, if I go there, I can make $2 million maybe, right? But he's saying, I'm not doing what these other schools are doing, and that's why he's calling them bought. That is a fair point for him to bring up. It's just the way he brought it up causes all sorts of tumult, and then obviously you have a coach who's recruited against him and worked for him for decades saying, this is all BS. My old line. There's no white hats and black hats, right? He said, the guy throwing darts doesn't have much of a glass house. It's a mess. And so, you know, I mean, Jimbo could not have been more confident that Dick Saban had been operating on some kind of tactics and operations, he called it, uh, yeah. and, and basically mocked it. You don't just sign nine number one recruiting classes over a 13-year period just because, you know, whatever. Well, the idea of all this stuff is it should spread out. There should be different number one classes in different years. And I, this is my side point. We've talked about it many times. This is why I don't have a problem with the pay for player, the NIL money in this or not, because Nick Saban's upset because kids, you know, kids went to Texas A&M instead of Alabama or, or this is what this is a, this crisis is that kids are going to A&M and not Alabama. They're still going to play college football or Travis Hunter's. He needs to go to our school, not Jackson's. Who cares? He's, he's spreading. The talent is spreading out. And that should be a good thing for the sport because it's great for Alabama that they won six titles and they have the best players and they're always in it. But for the rest of us, it's like, oh, yeah, this is we're a little bored here. I want someone else to have a shot. And A&M's going here. We got our shot. We got money. Tennessee saying money. How do fledgling companies, startups, how do how does any company that isn't located in downtown Manhattan or downtown San Francisco, how do they attract talent away from the bigger, more established companies? They pay them. How do you retain talent in business? You pay them more. And that's what's going on here is other places are able to use money above board and say, come to our place. And you sit there and say, you know what? Yeah, Alabama's program is better than A&M's program. And maybe my path to the NFL is a little, little bit better odds at Alabama, but it ain't that bad at A&M. But if I'm getting this money, now that thing tilts. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. Right. I don't I, think it's a bad thing. No, straight up. no, I, I, I agree. And again, I think that does go back to the point that this is Nick Saban feeling like his, his fiefdom basically is under siege. You know, that, that, that his primacy, this, this, again, I don't think this is a stand, a principled stand. This is a, Hey, somebody's getting the guys that I'm getting and they've already beaten us last year and they may beat us in the future. And I don't like it. Uh, so Alabama fans have from, from all everything you can gather, Alabama's fan base, which a may just not have the money, but B doesn't have that much interest in jumping to the forefront of the collective space. 
I probably with the feeling like, I mean, we're doing fine as we are. Can't we just sell the NFL? I don't really want to do this. So I mean, he's that, still at the number two class. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, two things on that one. I think the fan base will do whatever their, their leader tells them. Like Alabama's not doing this. And so that's fine. And maybe they will, and they can jump in and be considerable. And then two, if you, if you really talk, like forget the recruiting rankings. I want players that sit there and say, I care more about development and making the NFL than the quick buck. Yeah. I don't, I don't fault anyone for taking the quick buck, but I think Nick Saban would rather coach those guys that are like, yeah, I'm ready for you. Cause that's his whole thing. It's like, I'm going to kick, you are going to get destroyed here. Yeah. Most of you will never see the field for two years and you're going to get beaten up in practice. And that guy across the way there, he's going seventh in the draft next year. He's going to beat the hell out of you. And you're going to have to do everything here. And then maybe you make it as a, as a sophomore or junior, right? You're Mac Jones and you wait, you're, you're right. all of them. Yes. Najee Harris didn't start as right. a freshman. What kind of stud is that? Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's how Alabama builds it. And those guys that want that competition and want that, that struggle go there. Yeah. I mean, and that like for a reason, Saban threw out the other number on the, the that show Wednesday night was we, we've, we've had players make $1.4 billion in salary from the NFL. I mean, that's, that's his bottom line is you come here, you have a great chance of getting to the pros. It may not, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a three-year process at best, no matter what, but you're going to get better as you sit behind some other superstar. And then eventually when it's your time, you're going to be a star on the field and you're going to be a rich person shortly thereafter. So that's always been the sell. And I think that's a great sell. I do think, I think it's better than saying here's $200,000 to sign with us. And, you know, hopefully we'll be good. I, I, I think it's a better sell to say, to look at the track record and say, this is how we do it here and it works. Sign up with us. But I think that the feeling out there is that right now, and again, this is new, and we've talked about this on the pod, things will probably settle to a degree when the dust cal- you know, calms down. But there's a right there, there's a money rush out there, I believe, through these collectives today. We've never been able to get it. Let's go get it. Yeah, and some of them, it's like this window might close, right? Sure. Like Sully, like if Tennessee can revamp their program in a hurry, let's say this all doesn't, I think it'll keep going, but let's say it doesn't, but but Tennessee can flip their roster in a better way and sit there and go, hey, we got to nine and three quicker than we were going to the older way. It's a mm-hmm. good deal, right? 100%. I've been pounding the table for programs like USC and Miami and Tennessee. As soon as this NIL stuff started coming around, I'm like, look, guys, these guys have money. Alabama and Georgia doesn't have the market cornered on money. And you've said a lot of the same things on the pod. Like this, there are, there's a lot of people in orange that are ready to throw money if, if you get it organized and the collectives have done that. So, sure. I mean, the game changed quickly, and it's been legal, and Nick Saban, it, it, I'm sorry. You know, I, if you don't want to do it that way, don't do it that way. But The old way you built a program was things like, hey, we went from six wins to eight. We went to nine. We won the, you know, we won the car care bowl or something like that. We got a new weight room. We, we raised the money and broke ground on a new facility. You got to come see it. Those things take years. Right. When you can just sit there and say, we got money, you spin heads in a hurry. And I think some of these schools are going. But obviously, if you're Nick Saban at top of the heap, that's not particularly appealing. You know, I think they'll probably lean on the lack of lack of rule. Oh, there's no conformity and stuff. But at the end of the day, this was this was a classic private rant on both sides that went public. You, that's a good point, Pat. You called it, what, the private phone call that got aired. Yeah. Aaron the dirty laundry. 
Absolutely. Yeah. No, here's <laughs> here's all. And if dirt. Jimbo, if you want to come on and 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 bring the receipts, we are here for you. And same yeah. thing with Nick. Absolutely. And any coach out there. Yep. We will be your guide to be able to to air <laughs> air the dirty laundry. Uh my 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 experience with particularly head coaches is they're absolutely horrible sources. Oh, terrible. No, I mean everything that you, everything you said, what about why don't you go look into this? Well, yeah, we have. What do you got specifically? Well, just that's what I've heard, you know, is that uh, you know, this is going on and that's going on. Well, where do you know? Well, Daddy that's, that's loved us, and all of a sudden he didn't go there. Okay. Yeah, what does right. that mean? We were in good with the family and then all of a sudden he stopped taking our phone calls. Yeah. Okay. And what, yeah, they never have anything. The head coaches never have good gossip. No, that's why, again, like going back to the, the SDNY trial, when you've got Will Wade wiretapped, that's when you learn about, okay, that's actually how things happen. But the, most of the time, it's these guys that miss out on a recruit and kind of know, but they don't know. And we're not in the business of writing, well, we're pretty sure that this cheating happened. The NCAA has not been able to get LSU when their head coach was on an FBI wiretap at uh, Louisville, when the key witness spent two days crying on a witness stand, the dad of the recruit, or Kansas, when the bag man spent two <laughs> days on a witness stand under oath at a federal trial. Yeah. And, They're getting and around nothing to is going to happen with this. Well, Take Jimbo Fisher says Nick Saban might've cheated. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can't, they refuse to, like they refuse to make a ruling on whether, TJ Gasnola or Brian Bowen Sr. did or did not tell the truth under oath in a federal courthouse with the penalty of prison raising over them. <laughs> right. The threat of perjury. Yeah. And and a plea deal. Yeah. If they get caught lying, they refuse to say that guy's telling the truth. They think you're going to believe Jimbo Fisher or Nick Saban? <laughs> I mean, Again. they're not going to do anything. Well, they, they have to try, but the, the chances of success, not high. And certainly success in this lifetime, not high. All right, a couple quick items. One, um, last episode, we we posed the question, are morticians fun to party with? It's a long, uh, it, was a, it was a winding story. Yeah. But on whether Barbie, we should have mortician Barbie yeah. to attract more women into young girls to want to be funeral directors, which sounds just, you know. Let them dream of being veterinarians and doctors and astronauts and stuff. Let seems like a settling of a career, but the mortician career is very valuable. It's very profitable. Yeah. I mean, they never go out of business because people never. never stop dying. Some of you guys would stop dying so easily. Maybe, maybe there'd be a recession. So actually but there is with none. the baby boomers, this should be a boom time to be oh, a mortician. Yeah. So we got hit up <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, one, one, we got a group text. And then uh, I actually talked to another AD Two ADs, we'll leave them anonymous because no one wants to admit they actually listen to the show, uh, <laughs> which we understand. Yeah. Both of them said not only are morticians good donors <laughs> to the programs, but they're a hell of a lot of fun to hang yeah. around. How about that? So, the life yeah. of the party, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. If you meet a funeral director, get get partying with them. Yeah, a lot take them out for a beer, see. take them to happy hour. But we were family was... friends with uh, with the mortician in town in Chattanooga, and he was he he knew how to party. There you go, for sure. See, the yeah. evidence is rolling in. Morticians, the the unlikely fun fun bunch. Yeah, that, yeah, they guess they're big college sports fans. Who knew? 
Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they yeah, they're fun, and they, yeah, they, they like college sports, and they got some money to donate. Apparently, so quote nothing more fun than having cocktails with morticians. <laughs> one athletic director. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I hope there is something more fun. I hope but there is. I get too. the point. I get the sentiment. <laughs> I mean, you got to be no matter what is going on. You got to be just completely calm, still, no smiling, nothing for your entire day. And yeah. then you finally get off. I would I wouldn't want to go rip tequila shots after being in a <laughs> you know, being in that scenario all day very for a point. job. Very good point. Loosen the very neutral tie that goes with your dark suit and get out there and let it go. All right. Uh and finally, let's do a quick people's court. Okay. And this this tends into a second story I forgot to do earlier, but there are now uh fed a federal lawsuit is uh alleging McDonald's and Wendy's. And this, there's another separate suit against Burger King. So uh, a federal lawsuit from uh, McDonald's representing McDonald's and Wendy customers, so that could be us, <laughs> said the two fast food chains are falsely advertising the size of their beef patties and sandwich toppings. Hmm. In a proposed class action filed in New York, a customer named Justin Chimimini, it's really a uh, goal, right? Yeah. Is to... Uh, be the be the customer in a class action suit against <laughs> McDonald's. They say the two fast five giants should compensate him and others who bought certain sandwiches based on the print and video ads. Wendy's materially overstates the amount of toppings and the size of the beef patties for every menu item it currently in current advertisements. Hmm. Uh, McDonald's also materially overstates the size of the patties using deceptive ads. They have photos in the lawsuit. And I gotta say, the yeah, that just doesn't look anything like the, the. <laughs> Pat. Does this have a chance? And have you felt cheated when you, you know, you 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 go in looking for the double cheeseburger, and uh, it's just not what the photo does? Or do you, you know, do, is there something here? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely, there's something here. And I, I uh, actually had a, a stopped. I, I talked my wife, who does not really like fast food, into stopping at Wendy's in Manchester, Tennessee, on our way back from Georgia last weekend. And I was uh, quite disappointed in my double cheese that I got from at Wendy's. I thought that the, the patties were of underwhelming size. So I, I'm ready to join the class action lawsuit. What I would, I mean. Bravo to somebody who wants to, you know, get out the weight scale or whatever with your cheeseburger and see how much the thing, the patty weighs. But I, I have toyed with the idea, you know, these bars that tell you you're getting like a 22 ounce glass. Are they really? I kind of want to bring in a measuring cup and pour it in there and say, ah, oh, this is actually like 18. I think we get shortchanged on that quite often. So I'm, I'm all for uh, a little bit of investigative work to uncover the true weights and volumes of what we are ingesting. You know who isn't in this to. lawsuit? Who? Popeyes. Popeyes <laughs> gives you that giant chicken sandwich that will clog your arteries no matter what. They're not. They're not messing around. No, that's true. It looks like the damn picture. So, <laughs> looks like an ostrich breast. Yeah, Sully, <laughs> why are you ruling? Oh yeah, put them in jail. Put them in jail. Yeah, no, put yeah, put them in jail for life without parole. I agree. I, I, I'm going pre previous case law here. Uh, the 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 case where the people sued the pop tart because they didn't have real <laughs> strawberries and lost. I think yeah. it's going to go that. Like, there's no real expectation that that is like. I mean, what do you start? Well, come suing, on, like, if Tinder it's called a quarter pounder, shouldn't it be a quarter Everybody pound? Everybody puts their best thing forward. Like, you know, I mean, ah. no, no, 
it's got to be a quarter pounder. It's got to be a quarter pound, but that could be pre-cooked. You got you got nothing on this. It's the same. The, the Seattle Seahawks were in a very similar situation what Pat was talking about the bar, and nothing came of it either. 12 ounce was the same cup as the 18 ounce. I, I go into previous case law. I think, Dan, you're right. Nothing's going to come of it, but something should. I mean, for truth, justice, in the American way, screw case law. Let's, let's you want overturn bad, case they're just law. going to do bad photos. They can't guarantee that things will look that pretty. It'll take like 10 minutes to make that burger, and the McDonald's line will be all backed up. We know good. Ruling in favor of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ruling against. Their Sully and is, I outweigh you. That's right. They're out is, though, that they hire food art commercial food artists yeah. to, to make it look pretty right and they actually make a lot of money i honestly would love that job oh, yeah. but, yeah, no but they actually like they they put legit leather and and doctor it up and paint it up and make oh, it look yeah. glue oh, yeah. glue things to the bun and yeah i want to be the food stylist for the new york times where all their recipes look incredible and then i make them and they look yeah, not that incredible <laughs> i don't i don't this will this will this will come down to the mom and pop guy person they just got a little like sandwich shop and they got a picture in line. That, that's what their turkey sub looks like. And it doesn't, I mean, it's, I, no, no, I'm ruling in favor of, of nah. Big Burger. The Big M Steakhouse gets the ruling on this one. Uh, all right. Well, one bonus McDonald's story uh, from the Daily Mail, of course. <laughs> Nobody covers America like the Daily Mail. A McDonald's lover has celebrated eating a Big Mac nearly every day for the past 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> and he has no plans of giving up his Vegas burger after consuming more than 32,000 of them. Two a day, most days. Not two just days. one a day, but two a day. It's Don just Gorski, Gorski, 68 from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, has been averaging two Big Macs. <laughs> there was nowhere else the story could have happened. No. Have you, have you seen the guy? Uh, I have not. <clears throat> He's got like a, a 1960s oh, yeah, he monkey's bowl cut and then these big sideburns. It's like, He's got like a okay. friar's tuck. Yeah, the friar yeah. tuck kind of hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there he is. He's very excited. Um, <laughs> they're that good to me. They're really nothing else I'd rather eat. Uh, it started <laughs> on May 17th, years. 1972, after we got his first car. I drove straight to McDonald's, got my first three Big Macs, then I got in the car and ate them. In that <laughs> moment, I said... I'm going to probably eat these for the rest of my life. <laughs> He's kept track of every single Big Mac he has eaten since that day using a daily calendar to stay on top of his burger consumption. He's also saved all the containers and receipts. Oh, he's a hoarder. Oh, come on. Now that's weird. Which he has organized and stored by year. Why? That is strange. I'm sorry. And he still couldn't win that McDonald's game because of the Monopoly game because it was rigged. <laughs> Yeah, if anybody's, that's proof that it's rigged. That's, rigged. A, different, he, that's he, a different McDonald's fraud. But how do you not win? The fact that the fact that he is sixty-eight years old is the big story here. And how could you eat two Big Macs a day for fifty years and live to be sixty-eight? I don't know. It can happen. There's lettuce, tomato, <laughs> sesame seed bun. There's a There's lot no there. There's no tomato. No tomato. Oh no, tomato. I'm sorry. Onion, beef patty, lettuce, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. There you go. He set the big, he set the Guinness world record. Uh, Guinness gave him the world record in 99 at 15,000 burgers. He's absolutely crushed that. Uh, he was in that uh, documentary, Super Size Me, mm. uh, that almost killed the main guy. But uh, one of the things they say, he never gets the fries. <laughs> that okay. saves him probably. That's slimming right there. That, yeah. 
that yeah. vegetable oil is not great for you <laughs> if you keep adding that. Up. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, he's got a. <laughs> I remember covering the Barcelona Olympics, and in the main press center, you could get Pizza Hut. And you're so busy. And so, like, every day for about 19 straight days for lunch, I got a Pizza Hut pizza. And now I still, 30 years later, cannot eat Pizza Hut pizza. How can you eat 50 big years of Big Macs without getting sick of it? They need to, they need to study this guy for science. They do. Like, how, how, how has he not had a major heart attack? How has he not, you know, I've, just I've 450 pounds? He's also had a Big Mac in all 50 states and Canada. Uh, and people have brought him Big Macs from other countries, which he ate despite the lack of refrigeration. In the last 50 years, there's only been eight days without a Big Mac. Uh, the f- a, a very tragic one for him was in 1982. This might be the, the newest, the, the first one where he didn't have it. He drove through a snowstorm to get his favorite meal, only to discover that McDonald's was closed. Uh, so he, he, and he, re- he has refrained from eating one on the day of his mother's death. As oh a way my. to honor her. <laughs> oh my gosh! What an honor! Oh dear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, mom. So mom died. So she. That's the one day. <laughs> the weirdest honoring. Of- <laughs> yeah, I don't know about what that. What does that actually. even mean? Does he ever want to try the Whopper? Does he ever wonder? Flame broiled beets fry. Does he ever wonder? That's what I want to know. Daily what? Mail answers most questions. Uh, the advice I'd give someone who'd like to challenge my record is don't. I'll be dead before you could even challenge it. I'm blessed with high metabolism and good health, which allows me to eat Big Macs without gaining a lot of weight. I might be the only person alive who could eat Big Macs every day without ill effects for 50 years. I mean, let's not, he's not the, I mean, it's not like the greatest app. I mean, there's others no. that could probably do it. I, I, Joey I'm Chestnut, sure, probably. But, yeah, Joey Chestnut. I mean, like yeah. Usain Bolt is a little better like physical condition. <laughs> Gorsi. Plans on eating Big Macs until the day he dies. If I go for forty thousand, it'll take me another fourteen years or whatever. Uh, this was back in twenty eighteen. I don't think people celebrate thirty five thousand, so we're probably looking at that. I'll be seventy eight years old, so we'll have no. to see how I'm doing then. Do we have to? In another life, this guy's a college football coach because doesn't Nick Saban eat the same thing for lunch every day? No, he's a little Debbie too, and something. Yeah. All right, there you go. Jimbo Fisher says that uh, that's a lie too. That, it's that a Nick lie. Does, Nick Nick doesn't eat the little debbies. Or he gets them for free on the black market or something. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll slap him upside the head. You try to have McDonald's too many times. <laughs> uh, All right, I this is going to be great. We're going to be back. This is not ending. Oh, it's not ending. Not ending. The feud continues. This is everything we needed. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for yelling at each other. I love millionaire egomaniacs screaming at each other. What a Dustin hasn't even happened yet. This is so good. The timing on this. Yeah, right. Beautiful. I mean, we uh, we will podcast with me from Destin, and I will try to report on every uh, every blow delivered down there. All right, let's see what's up. Stay tuned, so better subscribe. Thanks for listening uh, and sharing with your friends. We will talk to you later.